Let go of the mean man's face. <laughs> I like it. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers. Um, I've been told that I'm Declan. And this is uh, the podcast where we write a song in the space of a week. Uh, that was one of my favourite of your Star Wars openings there, Declan. Thank, thank you. I searched long and hard on Google for five minutes to come up with that one. It paid off. It paid off. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm alive. I was a bit far away from the microphone there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm still here. Compression will take care of that. Compression will solve all our issues. Compression is the best thing ever. No one has ever misused it. Not once. <laughs> Looking at you there, Metallica. <laughs> Looking at you, Chili Peppers. Um, you had a song earlier in the week than I did this week, which is becoming a theme. Um, yes, it's, it's a dangerous theme. I don't think we should continue it. Work harder, Roger. Obviously, it can't be on me to change uh, the way I behave. We have to change the way you behave. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise that would require effort from me. And that, we, we just know that's a no. That's a hard no. <laughs> um, we are going to listen to your song first this week. Um, what is it called and what about it? Um, what about it? It's a song. Um, that was a really uh, poor sentence of my... <laughs> we're keeping that in, we're keeping that in. Uh, <laughs> it's called uh, In The Age and it goes like this. Flick the eye, you're looking at us. Flashing a light, and I need it Facing the screen, and I need it The beating is right Voice in the square, light on net Dropping the care, we don't need it Unable to go, we don't need it Nobody is there Windows to our windows, much as we can Doors beyond our borders, much as we can If you could see it in the age Let common Nobody knows, is ready to go In our minds, we go where we want In our minds, we're taking the blow Count it to free, or is it just me? It's not what we need, just a promise Know what that is, just a promise That we can believe Spark a better day In these desert ways Lose a phrase. Keep our spirits sane If you could see it in the age Okay, so that's Declan's weekly song this week. That's In The Age. I really like it. It's probably the most unusual song of the run uh, from either of us this time. Um, how Thank did you. it start? Tell me about it. Um, 
it it started by being left quite late in the week, um, <laughs> as ever. <laughs> hey, you and me both. <laughs> uh, it started with the riff. Basically, I have spent quite a lot of this week obsessed with the song "Come Down" by Anderson Pack, which has got this great riff in it. And what I really like about it is that it's kind of a riff that's got one question section, then three answer sections, one after the other. Okay. So I thought, well, that would be nice to try and write a riff like that. So clearly I went in completely opposite direction and wrote the riff that I did. Um, <laughs> you sort of have multiple uh, answers to the riff with the two high bits, like the da 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 Da, 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 da. Like those two bits, you're just sort of escalating the answer, as it were. Right, and those parts also um, act as the accompaniment for the vocal and the verses, is that right? Yeah, because I ran out of time to compose anything else. But also it's very busy melody, so it you'd have to put either something quite static uh, in contrast to it, mm. which didn't quite feel right. So... Time to do the Black Sabbath thing of everything goes together. I was going to say, yeah, very, like, Iron Man particularly, they do that. But loads of different things have the whole band playing the same uh, the same tune, which, like, lends a real power to it, which is cool. Mm. That's a theory, anyway. <laughs> so so did, it, did it start with the riff, then? Yes, I basically sort of just fiddled around until I came up with something that I thought was interesting. And also I was trying to write a longer riff as well. Most uh, riffs tend to be quite short and catchy. I quite like it when you can get a riff that's a bit longer but is also still catchy. I, it's uh, a theme we'll be returning to, um, strangely. Sometimes we're really in sync with these little ideas. We just telepathically communicate to each other. It's, <laughs> we are actually aliens from another planet. Um, Don't tell them. <laughs> you have to vote for one of us. It's a two-party system. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um so kind of that riff ended up being based around the chord B flat. Uh, so I thought, right, okay, I need some more sections. Can't just keep going with this all the time. So you've got that second bit of riff there, which is based around E flat, which is four. So you basically just got one and four there, but in very weirdly performed ways. Well, it's, it's like we were saying last week on on last week's episode, like you can write a song with one and four. Oh, was this just a phone call we had? I can't remember. But anyway, we, we did say it to each other. Um, of like, you have a song that's just one and four with the chords, um, you know, in this case, B flat, E flat. But it's like what you do with them that creates something that doesn't even sound like one and four. Like until you said that, listening to the song, I didn't even recognize that change. But uh, so it obviously works really effectively. Um, oh, you're, you're sweet. Um, but uh, <laughs> so you got that and then... When you go into the chorus, you go into a diminished, because we have to have diminished in there, but it's a diminished in the correct, in inverted commas, place. So it's the seven. So it's an A diminished going up to a B flat. Okay. Which then, at the end of that chorus, you just go down uh, five and four, which is F and E flat, and then to the A diminished and back up to the B flat. It's always cool. I always think it's a cool thing when you use the actual diminished chord from a scale. So A diminished acts as the proper diminished chord for the uh, B flat major mm. scale, if I'm correct in saying that. There's a couple of ways you can normally go about that. The way I normally tend to do it is uh, if I have a five, I 
put the diminished on top of that, as it were. Uh, so if move to the five to the seven because it just sounds like you're hyperextending the fifth, mm. uh, as twere. Um, but in this case, it's just dipping down a semitone uh, to a diminished and then back up. It's mm. like moving just very slightly away. Uh, the only other musical part of this one is the bridge section, which is loaded notes ending alternately between B flat and F. So moving between one and five there. Okay, right. Uh, ending on the five to get you back into the chorus in a very clear way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's no clearer way to get from one section to the other than using the five or the dominant to get back to the one. That's kind of the, uh, <laughs> that, that's the best way, really. Yeah, it's definitely the way most people tend to use it. So that was kind of, after I got the riff, the rest of it came together relatively quickly. I was writing this on Sunday, so I was feeling a bit pressured for time um, because I'm very sensible and I budget my time in the week extremely well. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like um, I say, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, it's part of being a creative, isn't it? So once I got that, I thought, right, okay, I need to get at least some kind of words down. So I... Spent about, what, half an hour scribbling down some words. I thought, okay, it's not brilliant, but I've just got this there as the first draft. And, you know, that that that's that. I can go back and I can change them a bit later on in the day. Cut to three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I realised, wait a minute, I never went back and changed them. And now it's past the deadline. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that sucks. So what we have here is kind of like, it's a very first draft kind of song. <laughs> I I remember on Sunday, you, you messaged me, you said, I've got a song, got lyrics. I want to probably go back and, and change them, you know, do another draft of the lyrics. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, that message hasn't come through saying he's done another draft. Another draft. Um, Normally, I don't tell you those things, but uh, this time it's just kind of like, well... Oh dear. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah. Which is a bit annoying, but I thought, okay, well, if I went back and changed it on Monday or something, that would be against the rules of the challenge, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, same. It's always tempting, isn't it? I mean, honestly, because mm. um, we, we write uh, Monday to Sunday, and so I kind of had that myself this week on Monday. I was like, I have the song, and then I kind of came up with another verse. I didn't use it, but I came up with another verse. I was like, I could just use this and no one would know. But I was like, no, I can't do that. I'd be cheating myself. Mm. Yeah, just in the context of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, if, uh, yeah. if I ever did anything with this again, I'm not going to. But if I did, um, it would 100% get a lyrics rewrite from the ground up. Well, I mean, just the fact that at 3 a.m. you were thinking oh, I'll go and do that, and then it was 3am, so you couldn't, kind of says it all, that you would very much like to change the lyrics. Yeah, it's one of those things that time ran away from me. So earlier in the week, I kind of had this uh, weird experience, which I won't talk about now, because I may end up using it uh, for next week's song. Hmm. But uh, it was kind of a negative experience, kind of a bit, uh, kind of a little bit like a... Draining's a wrong word, but like sapping energy, as it were. Right. Uh, so it ends up uh, getting to Sunday. I haven't written the song. I write the song. And 
it's energetic and it's fast. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's happy, but it's like resilient, the mood that you get from just the music. Yeah. So I thought, okay, right, this event that happened can't really form the basis of this song because it doesn't fit. So what else has happened in this week? And nothing else <laughs> actually did happen. It's been a very quiet week. We had just come off a group Skype call with some mates doing cover challenge. Mm. And it was that point of, well, fuck it. I'm in a slightly good mood after talking to my mates. Let's write the song about that. Nice. A lot of it is very obtusely trying to be arty in inverted commas and talk about uh, being on a Zoom call with someone or being on a Skype call. <laughs> Like windows to our windows, like oh, what if the computer screen is like a window into the, <laughs> into like this other world, and you could see the windows of people's souls? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's not stupid. I think writing about modern technology is great. You know, Father John Misty did it. Yeah, but the difference is Father John Misty knew what he was doing, and he didn't have an arbitrary deadline. Um, <laughs> That's what, he didn't have an arbitrary deadline for sure. <laughs> and that it's basically just about that um i did do my thing of writing the chorus first which i like doing now because even on the rubbish songs it means you get to the core of your message quickly if you could see it in the age let's keep the campfires warm uh let's you know keep waiting for the day and i think it's just like we were just having a big discussion about um i don't know if you were there for all of it but we were having a discussion about like what we'd like to do once lockdown ends and we can all see each other and like uh you know hang out together again mm. so there's kind of that sense of like okay well we'll just hunker down until that point with something to look forward to as well yeah and then as the song goes on uh the trying to link that back to technology and everything gets more and more desperate until the lyrics become absolutely nonsensical at which point you can sort of audibly hear me just go i give up <laughs> we're just go we're just going weird now is there a particular line where that happens like where you go that uh, doesn't even make any sense glamour we show i think from that point on it's just like yeah nope nothing else <laughs> nothing else makes sense now <laughs> so i assume these were lyrics after you've written the all the music or yeah uh, I wrote the music first, that came together quite quickly, and then uh, spent about half an hour trying to get this first draft of lyrics together, went to have some food, thought I'd come back to it later, I didn't, I failed, I'm terrible, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I try my best and it just comes out like this and I feel so down. <laughs> You know, I was I was wondering if um, if you had started this song like from the rhythm up, because like at the core of the demo recording, you got that like there was eight notes going on. I was like, did he just put that down and then write stuff around it? But uh, I'm assuming the like you say, the riff came first, and that was like just an overdub, right? Uh, originally, they were kind of the same part, so I was just strumming the guitar and then like uh, hitting the notes at the same time, as it were. So in the recording that you've heard on the podcast, they've actually been separated to make it a bit cleaner. Hmm. Uh, but no, they were just both part of the same guitar part. So when you weren't playing the riff, you were doing the... Oh, okay. I see. I think that's about as much interesting as I have to say about this song. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm getting the impression that you're not a huge fan of it. So, I'm guessing you, you wouldn't... I wonder how you got that impression. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you wouldn't be, like, producing this one up in a different way then? Or, or, no. or do you think... I, yeah, I think I think the most I would ever do of it is, like, take the riff out. And if I was in a situation where I had to write a song for groups, say, I've got this riff, mm-hmm. what do you think? Right, right. I mean, I can relate. I've certainly had songs in the past where I go, I don't like the song, but hey, the chorus is good. Let me cannibalize that and, you know, use it for something else. That's happened a few times. It tends to happen a lot of my older songs when you go back to them and you sort of see like, uh, okay, right, I really liked what I was actually doing this riff, but my goodness, the lyrics are terrible. Can we please forget it exists and just go back to having the riff? (laughs) I think that's everyone's earlier songs ever. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Oh. It's weird how the music doesn't date as badly as the lyrics in most cases. Well, music's kind of like, you've only got 12 notes to choose from, and even if it's a bit like, uh, what do you, you call it? Like, influenced by someone else's art. What's the word for that again? Um, inspired? Inspired, but like the negative inspired. I'm just thinking about my old stuff, but yeah. The word I was looking for was derivative. Back to the episode. But like the lyrics, that they can be so reminiscent of a time, especially when you wrote them when you were like 15 or 16 or something, and you go, oh, man, that, it was so obvious a t- an angsty teenager wrote that, you know? <laughs> and that's Someone who thought he knew everything about the world and then realised he didn't. Yeah, definitely. That is, that's such a, th- a theme. I think for all teenagers, but yeah, just especially if you write songs and you have like this, this audio record of looking back and you go, oh my God, I used to be like that. Here's what's wrong with the world and here's how we're gonna change it. Cut to ten years in the future. Man. <laughs> Boy, I was wrong. But no, it, it's a good song. It's It's got a great riff to it. It's... Um, unusually written and uh, although you weren't that keen on the lyrics on that um, it was just down to time really I mean like you say you were going to rewrite the lyrics but I think overall it's a really cool song yeah the uh, the lessons to take away from all of this is start earlier <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink to that definitely don't leave your homework to the last minute because we can tell we can tell when you've left it to the last minute <laughs> I um you have messaged me this Monday, the very first day of writing, and said that you have um, the beginnings of a chorus. So this might be completely, uh, you know, different different change of, of writing time. This is a point where I say, and I've got next week's song right here now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you imagine that, having two songs under the belt? That's never happened you, so far. You have. Have I? Yeah. Oh. Have I really? I don't yeah, know, I don't it's when we recorded in uh, Cornwall with uh, Chris. Oh yes, yes, yes. I yes. was. You've done this twice now. You've forgotten you've done this twice, and it makes me infuriated every single time. I've got a terrible memory, I'm afraid. <laughs> Pardon? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's not memory. That's hearing. What? <laughs> Who? <laughs> you have the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. I think there's someone on the phone, but I can't tell. He said he's got a lion up his end. <laughs> yeah, he gave me some gobbledygook about having a lion up your bottom. Gobbledygook. Anyway. Make um, a note of that word, gobbledygook. I like it. I want to use it more, more in conversation. conversation. <laughs> My song this week is called A Short Chain.
and uh, it goes like this. They say you've got a hold on Whistling the same song But tell me when the lights go down In your humdrum town Do you feel that way? They say you've got a hold tight Even on the cold nights Have you ever had a dream come true That you knew probably wouldn't even last the day? I've seen the rain pour, and I have seen the earth scorch, but I've never seen the sun go down on the world like it's never gonna shine no more. is uh what's it called again a short chain i couldn't remember you wrote it you should know (laughs) i think the reason was because um it was a difficult one to name do you ever do that where you write a song and you go like right it's done now what's it called (laughs) every single week this is why all my songs have really weird names oh you name after you write yep Mm. why would you name before you write you don't know the whole story (laughs) i think usually by the time i get to the chorus i go like oh I'm saying that phrase a lot, so the song's called that, whereas this one doesn't really have one of those. I mean, the closest is like, uh, have you ever seen the sun go down like it's never going to shine no more? But it's quite long, so... I mean, this is from the guy who's got a song that's called What Have I Got to Do For You To Walk Away With This Brand New Cadillac Convertible Today? (laughs) Lies. Lies. (laughs) Go back through the earlier seasons. It exists. That was. It's also a very good song. Well, you're you're very sweet. Um, As is this one. Um, So you've been toying a bit more uh, recently of like writing the music first and then writing the words and lyrics after. Uh, Was that this kind of process this week or was this more your usual thing of just kind of writing the whole thing as you go? Well, this is kind of a hybrid, like best of both worlds, really. Um, So I sat down with a guitar in my hand and wrote... um, 
the chorus, you know, I've seen the rain pour, I've seen the earth scorch, but I've never seen the sun go down, that part, um, all on guitar with, um, with a pen in my hand and just sort of like writing on the lyrics as, as they came into my head as I was singing them. They say you've got a hold on Whistle in your favourite song So that was very much like the typical way I'd do it. And then I kind of got like some of the first verse. They say you've got to hold on whistling uh, the same song um, with the guitar. And then from there, I kind of like thought, okay, I've got the musical sections generally. Um, I'll put the guitar down and then I'll like sit down and write just pen and paper to get the lyrics. Because I think once I had like the, sy like the syllables I knew I needed to fill in for verse two, it was quite easy to sort of expand on the theme. Mm. But yeah, I think there's definitely merit to both approaches, isn't there? You know, um, I mean, it's it's horses, of course. Some people work very well getting all of it done at the same time. Some people don't. Yeah, I'm very much one of the don'ts. <laughs> right, right, and that's the thing. I suppose you know you've got to go with what works for you. Otherwise, you know, otherwise it's kind of forced. You know, I think that I struggled a bit with my song last week, just because I did all the lyrics afterwards. Mm. Um, and that just felt kind of unnatural. Like, it, I, you know, it, just, it felt unnatural for me. But uh, So what's the kind of key musical idea behind this one this week in terms of, like, uh, guitar chords and, like, movement and everything? Because you've got that really nice sort of musical riff that comes in. Is that, like, the, the backbone of the chords, or, is, uh, did, like, or was it, like, coming the, to the chorus first? This has been a very long and rambly question. No, I, t I totally get what you mean. Um, yeah, so uh, it was the riff first that came. Uh, and it's kind of like you were saying with yours. Like, I wanted a sort of longer riff. Um, something that was, like, not just the intro of the song, which it acts as as well, but, like, just a part which, uh, you know, um, kind of holds its own. Like, uh, just like the verses do, you know? Um, so that kind of just came with... Um, the song is an E major, and... Uh, you know, really, when I play e major, anything in E major, and if I'm like improvising over it on guitar or writing parts for it, um, I'll usually start. You know, my jumping off board is E major pentatonic, and um, whoops, um, and yeah, so it's just kind of based around barring bits of that. So if you if you bar the D, G, and B strings of the E major pentatonic scale, you kind of get that part of a, an E chord, E major chord. If you hammer on um, 10th fret B string and uh, 11th fret D string, you get kind of this implied like A to E, and you can kind of do some bluesy things with that. So it just started with like playing around with that and figuring out where on the fretboard I could move to get sort of um, chord inversions. So it's basically based around E major, which is the one, um, A major, which is the four, and B major, which is the five. So one, four, five, you know, pretty simple. So you kind of end up with this thing where you kind of bounce between the chords. Which is just like, it kind of sounds more complicated than it is. It's like when you go down to the A, all you're doing is like just moving back up to a B again quickly. And then just touching on like the, the tone above it. So it's just kind of like playing around with that. Um, well, so yeah. bouncing's a very descriptive word to use it does have this kind of like light energy as it moves throughout yeah yeah i i thought i thought it kind of 
that was the bit I got first, you know, like I say, and um, I was like, okay, that definitely sets a tone. I think it's always easier to sort of jump into what the song's going to sound like and be a bit more confident with it if you go, okay, I know what sort of mood this song has. And, mm. uh, and that's all I had for a few days. I think I wrote that on Wednesday in the week. Um, and I just had that riff. I was like, okay, I know what the mood is. I know what the key is. I know what the rhythm is. So, like, for me, once I've got a few of those boxes ticked, even if I have no lyrics or anything yet, um, I have a bit more confidence going forward. And so... Um, You've got a skeleton to work from rather than making up something whole cloth. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, which which helps loads. And so then it was just a case of um, kind of like I described before, just going into the verses and um, just kind of playing along, singing and, and writing as I went. Um, and yeah, the, uh, I think the first bit I got was just the main core of the chorus where it goes, um, but I've never seen the sun go down on the world like it's never going to shine no more. Which uh, hmm. it's just basically about this past year what we've all been going through. You know, at the time of recording, this is uh, March twenty twenty one, and um, the global pandemic is still ongoing, and um, a lot of people are isolated and alone, and all the rest of it. And it's just kind of about that. Like it's just kind of like it's probably very obvious, really, isn't explaining, but just like drawing those parallels of like things in nature i've i've seen it rain you know we've all seen it rain we've all had hard times i've seen the earth scorch, earth scorch which wasn't is kind of a bit of a crowbar in line earth scorch sounds kind of like rain pour you know it's kind of like what needed a rhyme there um to do with nature it fits as well like I guess. Uh, having your world sort of completely destroyed and having to start anew well that's reassuring to hear um i wasn't really sure about that one and then, you know, but the idea of, like, something that's unnatural happening. I've never seen the sun go down That's and it's not going to come up again. Like, uh, you know, not to sound morbid, but that's um, kind of how it feels. Have you ever seen the sunset at 3 p.m.? Yeah, I was in the ocean, but I was being metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the chorus, basically. And then the verses was just expanding on that theme of, like, uh, it's just a reoccurring theme for me recently. It's just kind of... Uh, feeling a bit hemmed in sometimes uh, and then the feeling you know if you're human you know what i'm talking about like if feeling low feeling anxious feeling depressed because of that and uh so <laughs> i mean it's not the cheeriest song in the world but it is in a major key so well i'd say there's this positive energy running throughout it like even in the choice of like uh the fact that you end your big statement in the chorus like uh yeah it's bad but it's not going to be bad all the time. There's this sort of hopeful energy looking forward. Yeah. Which it's very easy to write songs about misery and uh, like sadness being like, yep, everything's, everything's rubbish. We, we, we'll just quit now. That's it. We can't do any more. Yeah. I, I think if, you, if you're going to write a set of ne negative lyrics, at least I think anyway, the ones I really like that are like sad songs and stuff are the ones where there's this glimmer of not even necessarily hope, but just something like this has got to change. You know, if you've hit a certain point in your life, it's like something's got to give, something's got to improve. It can get better, all this sort of thing. Um, so, you know, mm. for me in this song, it's, um, you know, because uh, I know I'm going to die someday and I can't just stay in, the, in this mess I've made. 
Um, Can I just say that I love that you've progressed from I'm probably going to die in one of your previous <laughs> weekly songs to I know I'm going to die one day. You've accepted your own mortality, <laughs> and I think this is the most important step, Roger, that you are no longer convinced that you'll be the fir- world's first immortal man <laughs> uh, living in his childhood bed today. Yeah, I, I finally accepted that death exists. Um, if you can pick out where those references to all of those songs come from. <laughs> if, if you're so inclined, which... Um, I can't imagine um, people will be, but uh, but we have we have the back the backlog of episodes. Go through and find them. You'll find them. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, once I'd written down the lyrics, I actually tried to like like sing them along with the guitar because I wrote them just pen and paper, and mm. uh, I just kind of found that like changing a few of the syllables and a few of the like the phonetics of it actually helped. Like uh, there was just there was some things where I sort of wrote like should I use this word or this word on the lyrics, which is not very helpful for an audio-only podcast, but just <laughs> stuff like uh, the, that line I was talking about before, I say, because um, I know I'm going to die someday and I can't just stay in the mess I've made, um, which was originally, because I know I'm going to die someday and I won't just stay in the nest I've made, which seems so arbitrary, like e- either one will do, but it's like, and they kind of both like have the same emotion behind them too, but I just thought it was a good example of like, just changing that one little thing from um, nest to mess, like mess I've made has that um, alliteration, whereas nest and made doesn't, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just think that kind of stuff just adds that little extra sheen. It was a very subtle shift in the meaning as well. If it's a nest, it's probably like built for you or like it sort of implies something comfort, whereas mess implies uh, that, you know, it's self-inflicted and it's damaging. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Would you like fries with that, sir? I don't know why my voice just broke. Yeah, don't, totally. <laughs> there was there was just one other thing, like example of that, which was um in the first verse, uh, the line that goes, "They say you got to hold on, whistling the same song," which is not a lyric I love even in that form really. But it was originally, "They say you got to hold on, whistling your favorite song," which is obviously more syllables, and your favorite song. It just sounded kind of like a bit like, oh, like childish or something to me. So I was like. When I actually played it with the guitar, it's not even like I logically thought about it. I just played it with the guitar and like whistling the same song. It just seemed to fit far better. And again, you have same song again with uh, Mess I've Made. It's just having little moments of alliteration. They're not like consciously things I write down, but just like, oh, cool. That's alliteration. I'll keep that sort of thing. So, yeah, anyway. Well, also flows better, like um, whistling the same song as opposed to whistling your favorite song. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is... Yeah, whenever I tend to write lyrics afterwards, there always has to be that little refining thing of, oh, God, I've put too many syllables in there. Or even if it's the same amount of syllables, like just changing it up so it just is that bit smoother or something, I think helps me. Yeah, the lyrics, it's never just a one and done kind of thing. Like uh, even on first draft thesaurus that we had earlier on, like there are little moments where I had to change around the emphasis of certain words and like, you know, cut out things like, but ah the just because they don't fit yeah they just disrupt the flow yes absolutely and uh yeah that thing of refining lyrics um it always seems like such a chore to me to do like unless it, like this week it was kind of natural like oh that just seems to fit better but like actually going back and revisiting lyrics which is something that you do which i always mean to do when i'm making like a proper like album or proper recording or whatever is you'll go back and um i think correct me if I'm wrong but you'll go back to your lyrics and you'll like 
amend them and like go through and make, say, oh, that line makes more sense that way. Is that right? Uh, what, in terms of just writing individual songs or writing? Like, I remember when, uh, like, like on an album you're working on, which I'm not sure you've said the name of, so I won't say it, but an album you're working Ooh. on, I remember when you were recording, I was like, how's it going? And you said, all I've got to do is like retouch up my lyrics before I record. And I, That's thought, I thought more... that was interesting. That's more... It's partly an edit to get rid of anything that I think has aged badly or that I think is a bit weak. But that's more in terms of keeping things uh, consistent across an album or, or a project or whatever it is. Uh, so that, for example, if you have like the phrase oh, I'm locked in my room and I'm so very sad. You don't have that cropping up three more times throughout the, uh, the album in dis, uh, in disconnected ways. <laughs> this is right. Just, like, making sure that you're not repeating yourself or that if you are repeating yourself, there's a very good reason why you are. Right, yeah. I, I've got to make a point of doing that um, next time I record something proper. Um, especially, yeah, like you say, with an album, because there's a context across it where you don't want the like you say you don't want the same themes to crop up again and again in the in the same way i think mm. having the same themes like in, explored in different ways is, is a great thing but but yeah anyway i digress mm. um but yeah that's about it for this week's song uh, for, for mine i really like this one i want to kind of see it produced up in like um like maybe like an early beatles-ish kind of way possibly i could see that working well kind of like album mirror do you reckon uh, pos- it's going to sound weird but something like Beatles for Cells so like doing it more with kind of the vibe of something like I know it's a bit faster than this song but something like Eight Days a Week that kind of yeah. oral texture yeah definitely yeah like sort of having an acoustic guitar in there somewhere and then like building cool riffs and stuff around that that could be really fun actually mm. yeah um, yeah hopefully be one I'll record at some point um uh, but or maybe yeah. if you wanted to do Revolver, you could do it in the style of And Your Bird Can Sing. Oh, man. I love that song. Uh, and I love the production of it. Um, it's just so densely produced. Oh, the harmonies on the final verse, that they sort of stay the place they are, but the vocal's still going down. Tell me that you've heard every sound there. Oh, oh, God, they were amazing. They were so good. When your bike is broken, will it bring you down? <laughs> <laughs> you may be here walking I'll be round I'll be I'll round, be round. <laughs> <laughs> Oh we both listen to Anthology too much um, <laughs> That's such a joyous moment isn't it? That, 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 that. Just they're cracking up laughing in the background You wonder like what set the, well, You can guess what set them off But like uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Oh man I love moments like that. We're going to go off topic and we're probably going to end up kind of in this bit, but I love moments like that on Beasle's recordings where like, you sort of get a glimpse at them just dicking about being mates like one of them in Hey Bulldog where like, uh, what are you saying? Ruff. I hear you say it again. Ruff. Have you got any more? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I love how it like, just sharply fades up like, you've got it, you've got it! <laughs> Yeah, it's like for me it's like that reminder of oh this is just people making this music because if you hear the records by themselves you go oh it's just this magical record and then when you hear the voices dispersed on the anthology 
Paul's broken a glass and stuff. You go, oh right, they're just like Paul's I say, broken just some glass, mates. broken a glass, broken a glass. Paul's broken a glass, broken a glass, glass, glass. <laughs> I love seeing those. Uh, have you seen the videos on YouTube where they actually like write out uh, what's being said, but they sort of distort the text in various yes, ways? Yes, yes. Yeah. Just for that boy, that boy. <laughs> There's ones like that for Queen as well. I don't know if you've seen those. I haven't seen so many. I don't think there are as many Queen outtakes. I think the biggest Queen outtake I've heard of is the argument at the soundcheck. Oh, right. That might be one of the ones I've seen, maybe. Which is, um, which is like, not a funny one, Sappy. It's just them getting annoyed at each other. Oh, but I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've seen that Beatles one um, <clears throat> in the Let It Be sessions where... Paul's going, I think we should go on the roof, you know. And George is going, I don't want to go on the roof. And you can just hear Ringo and see him in the background go, I'd like to go on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love kind of like how, well, just in terms of like, I think it's funny to watch, but like how done with everything George is at that point. He's just like, fuck's sake, I'm still in this band, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I came back to these idiots as well. Anything could just be the final straw where he just goes, right, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. Like, right, I'm hanging out with Eric Clapton again, trying to write another fucking masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah. Good old Beatles. Uh, Good old Beatles. Uh, Shall we go to the emails... So we've actually had an email this week. This is actually uh, a follow-up email from someone who emailed in last week. It is by Noah Med, and it, the title of the email is Declan the Genius. Excellent. I'm going to have that framed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Noah writes, Hi, guys. Glad to hear you like the song. I've got below where lots of the influences came from. Enjoy. Uh, oh, this is uh, his song from last week called The Osterhagen March, which you can hear at the end of last week's episode. Uh, first of all, Declan was 100% right. The Osterhagen was a Doctor Who reference. So hey. It didn't consciously influence the lyrics, which seems a little odd on reflection. I thought it was. I'm so glad to know that I was 100% right. I'm having that framed as well. Nailed it. Yeah, one out of one. Uh, in terms of other areas, We Are the Dead is a line from 1984 that's used in Bowie's song with the same name. Hmm. Uh, the first line, Ruby Gold Medallion for a Heart, is a reference to Raiders, where Mary has a ruby medallion around her neck. Uh, Mountain and the King is a Hobbit reference. Uh, Take Your Loved One to the Rock is from Abraham and Isaac. And verse 4 is basically just about the Scorch Trials. Watch This Bronze Division Fall is a reference to the Iron Curtain. Damn, a lot of references. Awesome. Yeah, I love songs that sort of refer- have like loads of references that you sort of can just pull apart. And uh, if they if they don't mean anything to the listener, that's fine. But if they do, it just adds something else. Hip hop's amazing for that when it's done right, especially if you go on like genius.com and you like click on the lyrics and it tells you like this is about that. Always a fun yeah. extra. And so this is a reference to this uh, obscure 1984 novel. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't realize. <laughs> Not the novel 1984 is obscure, just a novel that's obscure from 1984. Sorry, never mind. I shall clarify how I speak in future. Returning to the email, <laughs> in response to Roger's. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm reading. <laughs> Go and sit in the corner. Sorry. In response to Roger's question, the song came about because I wanted to write a song for a prog project I'm in, and our basis is really into Pink Floyd. And so I jumped off the idea of having it focus on slow-moving acoustic guitar with bass riffs, like Wish You Were Here, and then having weird proggy lyrics. 
That then kind of morphed into me adding the weirder sections like the Mushroom Cloud refrain and the old time signature before the last chorus. At the time I had just finished 1984 and was rediscovering Bowie, so it's a bit of a mix between Diamond Dogs and Hunky Dory. That sounds like an amazing mix, I will say yeah. that right there. Uh, last of all, the minor fourth in the chorus is entirely your guys' influence, so thanks so much. Oh, hey! cool. Oh, that's really cool to hear. Uh, can't wait for the Dull Arts album and for Declan's musical project. Uh, Tara, spelled T-A-R-A-H, hashtag Team Rog for now. Noah. Hey, that's how wait, you spell it. Te- team Rog. No, this cannot be. <laughs> <laughs> team Rog is... You have betrayed me. I thought I was a genius. It's a highly trending hashtag on social media, Team Rog. <laughs> if you think it should be T-U-R-R-A-H, Team Declan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, we can we can start a feud. <laughs> uh, how dare you spell something different from me? This show is over. Yeah, it's not as if uh, the spelling and pronunciation of English words has varied a lot over time, particularly with colloquialisms. That can't be true, not at all. Oh, I'm seething with rage at that outburst. I'm shaking my fist so hard right now. Shake harder, boy. Okay, I did shake harder, and you could actually hear that on the microphones. Ah, oh, you must have shook really hard. <laughs> I vibrated the air to such a degree <laughs> that I can indicate my anger just through the audible medium. <laughs> um, oh. Thanks, Noah. You're idiots. <laughs> we are. Thank you, Thank you Noah, for writing it again. Yeah. Uh, it is a lot of fun reading out uh, letters. I get to pretend that I'm very clever as I put on a slightly posher voice and read very quickly and uh, try my best not to stumble and fall. Uh, I also can't wait for Dalai's. That's going to be a fun one when that eventually happens or when that eventually drops. Yeah, it's uh, probably going to be summer. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, cool. I shall hold you to that. If the whole of summer has not gone by, then I shall hold you personally responsible if it hasn't arrived. No. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to your mysterious musical project as well, Declan. Ooh, <laughs> mysterious musical project. <laughs> it's in the works. Who, who knows when it will be heard? We still will be here in 2031. Just like, okay, so when is this thing going to be released? It'll be getting there soon. I don't know why we've got croaky voices in the year 2031. I'll only be 38. Yeah, no, this decade is going to age us. It already has. It already has. It already has. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really good to hear the the references um, in that song. Um, I'm really impressed, Noah, that Noah. Fit... God, I can't speak. I'm really impressed that Noah fit so many references in. I like the idea of like writing with all that in mind. You know, I I, I kind of like writing about one thing and having one sort of reference heavy thing that I write about but I've never actually gone the route of like trying to sneak in as many references as I can or trying to write about an idea that references a lot of things that perhaps explore a similar idea so that will be fun one day to try that definitely yeah that'll be really good when I'm finally out of ideas it's like right I'll start stealing ideas from the listeners now so that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if you've got a song that you've written in a week that you'd like to share, 
if you just have uh, things to tell us that you think we might find interesting, amusing, or oddly curious, then why not write to us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, various other things where podcasts are hosted. I have no idea where they all live. Um, and on which whichever service that you are on, please do the appropriate positive message or thumbs up or whatever it is that you do. I live in the 21st century. Um, <laughs> where can they find you and your music, Roger? Okay, so uh, searching Roger Heathers on Bandcamp um, is a good first port of call. I'm on Instagram where um, I post a lot of like recording footage, songwriting stuff, and uh, I'm dropping some new songs soon. I just said dropping like I'm a <gasps> young person. Um, I'm releasing new music soon, um, and which uh, I think one of the first songs we're going to put out will have Declan playing bass on the song. And uh, yeah, hopefully it will. It's uh, going to be one of the songs from the show. Uh, but yeah, uh, Instagram, Spotify, all the rest of it. Um, how about you, Declan? Uh, where can where can people find your music? Uh, people can find me at Declan Kitchen of Music on Facebook. Uh, you can also find me at Declan Kitchen of Music on YouTube. And if you want to buy my EP, The Captive Audience, uh, you can go to DeclanKitchener.pancamp.com. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. It's a it's a short EP, but a very good EP. Um, I, I I feel that I should recommend Roger's music, but I won't. So uh, there we go. <laughs> nah, don't, 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 don't. Uh, it's very good. Roger's music it is fa- absolutely fantastic, and a lot of it's free as well. So you've got no excuse. Um, so yeah, we shall see you uh, next week for uh, another two songs and more of us being absolute idiots. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. Cool. T-U-R-R-A-H. Ta-ra. T-A-dash-ra. Bye. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm stopping. I would write down the lyrics and I go, I think that fits, that fits, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm still here.